Ever wondered who and what is shaping Luxembourg? This is your Lux Unplugged podcast with your hosts, Adrian and Thierry. Hi, I'm Thierry. And I'm Adrian. Welcome back to the Lux Unplugged podcast. In this episode, we're welcoming Nicolas Muckel, CEO of Luxembourg for Finance. That's right, Adrian. You met with Nicolas when I was traveling. Can you tell our listeners a little bit more about this conversation? Yeah, sure thing. I mean, as many of you know, Luxembourg is a global player in the financial services industry. And that's the reason why I thought having him on the program would be highly informative to the listenership. It's actually his role to promote Luxembourg as a financial centre. I'm definitely sure there's a lot to discuss. Without further ado, let's dive into your conversation with Nicolas Muckel, CEO of Luxembourg for Finance. Welcome to the Luxembourg Podcast. Before we talk about the organisation you're involved in, can you walk us through your background, what you've done in the past and what's led you to heading up the uh, Luxembourg Finance Agency? Pleasure to be with you here today. My background is actually I have been trained as a lawyer. I have specialized in European law and thus uh, started to work for the Luxembourg Ministry of Foreign Affairs on uh, various issues around European law, European integration. I had the good fortune of being posted to our permanent representation in Brussels uh, at very interesting times uh, during the discussions on the Convention on the Future of Europe and the uh, the Luxembourg Presidency 2005. And then as uh, life goes for a diplomat, after a few years you move on to uh, other uh, horizons. I had the good fortune of being able to um, be posted to Washington as a uh, Deputy Chief of Mission to our Embassy there. Also at very interesting times, it was the rise of the Obama phenomenon um, unfortunately, also uh, the beginning of the financial crisis. Uh, definitely very, very interesting times. And I enjoyed it thoroughly. But again, after um, four years, uh, it's time to look around and move on as a diplomat. And uh, I decided to do something um, very different, uh, namely to go to China and serve there as Luxembourg's Consul General in Shanghai, but uh, more importantly, importantly as the director of the Luxembourg Trade and Investment Office, where uh, my task was to help promote Luxembourg's trade interests uh, and economic interests uh, all across China, including, of course, Hong Kong. In doing that, uh, obviously, a large chunk of it was also related to financial services. And the then finance minister, Luc Frieden, uh, came to China and I helped organize a uh, mission of one week and it uh, coincided with a time when they were looking to um, renew Luxembourg for finance and I was uh, asked if I wanted to come back to Luxembourg. I was happy to take on that challenge and I do not regret it until this day. You were talking about earlier about the uh, financial crisis, which broke out a bit more than 10 years ago now, just about. So it must have been a challenging, at the same time, very exciting time for you to go through this period. My key question to you is now, in, in the case for Luxembourg, how would you describe the role of the Luxembourg for Finance Agency? 
Luxembourg for Finance is the agency for the development of Luxembourg's financial services industry. We obviously have different tasks. They are visible tasks, which make that we are very often seen as the promotion agency because we do a lot of communication about Luxembourg's financial industry through various means, whether they are uh, internet-based like our website or social media or um, publications like our magazine or newsletters or brochures or even our videos. Uh, also, we organize a number of events. Um, this all is the visible part, but there's a very large not visible part, which is our business development uh, activity. And I think that's that's um, one of the core activities, also one we have very strongly developed over the last couple of years. So our role really is to help contribute together with other actors. Obviously, we don't have an exclusive role in that, uh, together with our shareholders, which are the, uh, the Luxembourg government, uh, more specifically the Ministry of Finance and the uh, financial services associations, the bankers association, the investment fund association and the insurers association. And of course, last but certainly not least, the Luxembourg Chamber of Commerce. We help together with them to um, further develop the financial services industry in Luxembourg and explore new markets, new markets maybe in a geographic sense, but also in a thematic sense. Sustainable finance, digitalization, uh, renminbi business, Islamic finance and so on. We've seen a, a very high interest, well, a growing interest coming from, from abroad for all major financial institutions moving their European hubs to Luxembourg. I think the acceleration has been very strong, especially since Brexit. Why do you think these institutions are choosing Luxembourg as their hub? Yeah, first of all, I would like to underline that Luxembourg is not only attracting financial institutions from outside the European Union, but also from inside the European Union. The largest groups of uh, Banks and asset managers present in Luxembourg are uh, German, French, British, Italian and so on. Then obviously also American, Swiss, uh, Chinese and Japanese, for instance, or Brazilians. Um, what attracts all of them to Luxembourg is first and foremost the cluster, the ecosystem in certain activities that has been built up in Luxembourg over the years. This makes that simply if you are, for instance, in asset management, and in particular, if you are in cross-border distribution of investment funds, Luxembourg is the place not only to go to, it's the place you need to be in. That is what every asset manager will tell you, and that is the reason why they are here. It is this, the existence of this ecosystem that actually creates a virtuous circle of firms being attracted by it and thus it, it, it reinforces itself by, uh, by that. Um, that is also the number one reason why, for instance, in the context of Brexit relocations, Luxembourg was able to attract so many different firms. We have uh, attracted more than 60 firms, of which uh, more than half of them in the asset management industry for the very simple reason that that is where it made sense for these firms to set up their activities, or in this particular case, to relocate activities to. Um, there are other reasons that make Luxembourg very attractive to financial services institutions. Um, in a world that, in number of parts, uh, is 
in turmoil or where politics is uncertain, Luxembourg is seen as a beacon of stability. For financial services institutions, this is an extremely important consideration. If you are in investment business, you want to know what is going to happen not only next year, but in five years or in 10 years. And thus they can rely on Luxembourg's political stability, but also economic stability. If you look at the figures that Luxembourg can show, we have a public debt to GDP ratio, which is half the Swiss public debt to GDP ratio, a third of the German uh, ratio, and a quarter of the European average. That is a, a sign and a guarantee of stability in economic terms, and that is what many people value. On top of that, I think that what makes Luxembourg really stand out is its international makeup. It's a country that is mini United Nations in and of itself. Not only, do you, I mean, if you look at the population, nearly half of the resident population is non-Luxembourgish. 173 different nationalities live in uh, in the capital or and in the country. And English is a very widely used language in the business community. Even when you not only go and see and talk to the authorities, including the financial services regulators, but also when you write to them, you will get a reply in English. You can submit your documentation in English and so on. So it is truly an international business hub. And, and that is what really attracts business to Luxembourg. I know that the Chinese have an extreme interest in settling down here in, in this country. Why do you think is this appetite so big from the Chinese here in Luxembourg? Our relationship with the Chinese actually dates back many years and uh, it will take a minute or two to explain it. It's quite anecdotal because in fact it all is brought back to a Luxembourg railway engineer, Mr. Adolf Frank, who after the Second World War, he was a convinced communist, traveled multiple times to China and befriended the uh, leadership of the Chinese Communist Party, met uh, Chairman Mao several times, and he was holding several railway patents which he donated to the Chinese people. And in return, the leadership made him an honorary ambassador of the Chinese people. And when in 1978, the Grand Duke Jean at the time, our late Grand Duke Jean, went on a state visit to China, the first since Luxembourg recognized the People's Republic of China, he brought Mr. Frank along with him. And uh, Mr. Frank's Chinese friends were wondering what can we offer these nice Luxembourgers as a guest present. And it so happened that at the same time, um, China's uh, leadership, Deng Xiaoping, was considering opening up the economy. And thus, the largest Chinese bank at the time, Bank of China, was looking at opening its first office outside the People's Republic. Well, it was decided to do that in Luxembourg as a recognition of the friendship that Luxembourg, uh, and in particular Mr. Frank, had uh, shown the people of China. That was Bank of China's very first international representation anywhere in the world since the creation of the People's Republic. And that made that in the 1990s, ICBC followed. And then later, when 10 years ago, nearly 10 years ago, the Chinese government pushed the other banks to start 
uh, spreading their wings and uh, go out, as it was called, uh, they followed suit and they followed in the steps of their big sisters and set up their U hub in Luxembourg. Also, probably for the same considerations than all the other uh, financial institutions do it, namely the business friendliness, the international environment, the stability of the country and so on. And then very often in the case of uh, the Chinese in particular, Luxembourg has the added advantage to be commercially and politically neutral. This uh, Adolf Frank, he's, he should be like a sort of a, a national hero in that respect. <laughs> he deserves because I've never heard of him, to be honest. So it's definitely a very interesting uh, fact to know about the, the whole history of the Chinese uh, coming over to Luxembourg. Getting back to... Um, what Luxembourg has been good at over the several years now. In the 80s, I believe, we, we started providing services for administrating the um, investment funds for a very long time now. And, and this has become sort of the niche. What do you think, given that the world is changing, this competition going on, and, and we have to look forward, where do you think that Luxembourg will have to specialise in as a niche to stay competitive? I think Luxembourg has made its specialisation to provide the financial industry with expertise and knowledge in a particular segment of the market. And that is everything that is around multi-jurisdictional. Luxembourg grew in the 1970s as a uh, multi-currency financial center. Uh, then in the 80s, as you rightly say, Luxembourg, when um, the single market was being uh, completed, and a single market for European investment funds was created. Luxembourg seized on that chance very quickly and developed very rapidly into the competence center for asset managers who wanted to set up and distribute investment funds into multiple jurisdictions. That is today Luxembourg's added value in the value chain of the European financial services industry. In asset management, as much as in wealth management, in the insurance business, uh, and so on, it is really that Luxembourg helps to connect and cut through the complexity of the continuing existence of multiple layers of regulation. There are about, I read in The Economist magazine two weeks ago, that there are about 5,000 different regulations still applying for cross-border provision of services within the European Union. Um, Luxembourg has made its, its specialization in focusing on how can you serve an asset manager who wants to set up a, an investment product that is being distributed in Spain, in Sweden, in the Netherlands and in Italy and comply with not only the European part of the regulation, which is relatively common to all of them, but also with the additional national regulatory elements, in, in particular in uh, tax matters, in consumer protection matters, and, and uh, administrative uh, matters. So um, that is where really our added value comes in. And I think that is, it's not a niche, it is just a specific 
competence that we have not acquired but built up over the course of the last three decades. And if there are many French, German, Italian asset managers who operate out of Luxembourg, it is because of that. Also in the wealth management uh, segment, you have quite a number of banks who have set up their intra-group competence center for clients with multi-jurisdictional aspects in their portfolio and in their Luxembourg entity here. Uh, so that is the, the value that we provide. Luxembourg has also been very vocal when it comes to promoting fintechs. So startups in specializing in financial services. I know that there's been a lot of initiatives uh, launching with the Luxembourg House of Startups, Luxembourg House of Financial Technology. What do you think about this? What is Luxembourg's vision on promoting this, this sort of initiative? Luxembourg, is, is a, as a country, has always very strong, attached very strong importance to innovation in, in many regards. And uh, certainly with uh, the technological revolution and the emergence of digitalization and financial services uh, more generally, Luxembourg has understood very quickly that um, when it is today a leader in Europe when it comes to investment funds and wealth management and payments, if it wants to be a leader also in uh, the next quarter of a century of the uh, 21st century, then we really need to find ways to help the existing financial institutions, the incumbents here in Luxembourg, manage that transition into the digital era. And for us, we attach great importance to bringing startups, but more importantly, even their solutions to Luxembourg in order for the existing industry also to be able to pivot towards the second part of uh, uh, the first half of the 21st century. Um, for us, the ultimate aim is really to create in Luxembourg an environment that will help us remain a leader in digital financial services. This is not necessarily achieved by the objective of bringing as many startups as possible to Luxembourg. They are all welcome, but our ambition is not to become the startup capital of Europe. I think there are others who have that sort of ambition. I think for us, what is much more strategic is to make sure that we can provide our existing industry with the relevant choice or a choice of relevant solutions for them to choose uh, which one is the most appropriate for their future business model. So it sounds like a more a consolidation of the existing through the digital age, essentially. It is an, uh, not a consolidation. It is a um, gearing up of the existing for the digital age. Yes. If I, if I may take an example, look, we have a, Luxembourg plays an enormously important role in uh, asset management and in the distribution of investment funds. For us, it is crucial to be looking at what technology will change in the way that financial products are being distributed. Um, we wrote a report very recently that was published uh, a week ago together with our friends from PwC and it is all about the Amazonization of the financial services industry. 
Uh, we could have chosen another title, the Expediaization or the Facebookization or uh, any such title. What we want to show there is that the financial industry will be fundamentally changed uh, in as much as it will be transformed into platforms um, where financial institutions, traditional financial institutions, will be plugged in. But they, the way they serve their clients, the way they distribute their products will be fundamentally different from what it is today. They will not anymore own their clients, but they will serve clients of these platforms. That is not only due to technology, it's also due to the way uh, regulation is shaping up, uh, together with MIFID, for instance. Uh, the transparency that is created in the market will already uh, push the industry in that direction. Looking back at the start of your career within the Luxembourg Finance uh, Agency, do you have any achievements that you, you're very proud of? As we were saying earlier, it's, 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 been, it's been a very rich uh, period for financial services here in Luxembourg. So what are sort of the key moments that you remember since taking over the, the agency? Good question. Um, we have had such a intense six years since I joined. We received recently, I mean, a very, very nice compliment that was by our friends and competitors for, uh, from Dublin who had the uh, good idea of uh, copying our name and putting it on their uh, financial services development strategy by naming it Ireland for Finance. Um, I mean, as, as the saying goes, imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. That certainly was uh, uh, made my day. Um, other than that, individual events that really stand out, I think there are various achievements, but I, I, I would not necessarily pin them on our label. Um, I think if we manage to bring a new bank or asset manager or so to Luxembourg, we will not claim that it was our action exclusively. Uh, we are just one wheel within a larger machinery that is contributing to this uh, effort. And uh, if we can help and if we overall as Luxembourg are successful, that is for us our definition of success. We as an agency don't exist for ourselves. We, we don't have a commercial purpose. We're not paid on key performance indicators. Um, but I think our shareholders and more broadly our stakeholders um, judges on the overall value that we create for Luxembourg's financial industry and uh, uh, I'm, I'm quite happy uh, because I think that uh, they see value in our action uh, and that is at least the, uh, the feedback that I get and as long as I get that I, uh, that gives me fuel to get up in the morning and come to the office uh, fully loaded to uh, get on with the task. If anyone showing interest in all the things that, that you're doing at the, the agency, how can they find more information? Luxembourgforfinance.com or .lu. Uh, we have a website with uh, all the information we produce and they can obviously always give us a ring, call us, send us an email and uh, we will receive them or we will go and visit them on our next uh, 
tour in their area and uh, definitely uh, our doors are always open. Well then, in our case, I'm sure we'll be uh, having a chat very soon to, uh, to discuss the further changes and advances that the agency has been going through. Um, but I'm definitely looking forward to having you back on the show very shortly. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Lux Unplugged podcast. Please share this podcast with friends and family and leave us a review on iTunes. Also, please don't forget to visit our website, luxunplugged.com. And see you next time.